Okay, welcome to Free Association. This is a, a technology show, which is a relatively new format for me. I'm going to keep it to about half an hour, 40 minutes if I can. Uh, I found a, an interview with James Martinez on BitChute. It's about seven or eight months old. But he's an interesting guy. He's got some information about uh, cold, the old cold fusion technology. And he's very interested in, in mind control and that sort of thing. So he's an interesting guy to have a, have a conversation about or with. Uh, I've just looked him up on Skype. and I, uh, There's lots of James Martinez on Skype, but I don't know which one is him. I'm assuming he will be on Skype somewhere. So if I can find him. I'm going to try and get him on the radio show live on a Saturday at some point. Uh, but in the meantime, here's an interview that he did about eight months ago uh, on the Ramallah D Reports channel on BitChute. disruptive technology projects so perhaps james that can be the the opening ground for our conversation this afternoon um did you want to talk a little bit about your work over there and you know have you worked with the military have you worked with darpa no i've met with darpa and members of darpa uh years ago having to do with uh, disruptive technologies having to do with um the technical term today is called low energy nuclear reaction. That is the technical term from the science community for what was uh, otherwise known as something called cold fusion, uh, which was a discovery made by Stanley Hans and Bob Fleischmann in That sort of sounds like you're kind of a cultural analyst of new technologies that come across our world, right? That enter our awareness, um, okay. most usually from the military sphere. <laughs> Sadly, it seems like that's that's sort of the incubator for most of the tech that enters our societies, right? Unfortunately, yes, because um, one of the books that I was working on with my colleagues uh, before one of them passed away was uh, we were talking about the conspiracy against the future because we knew there was going to be a technological 
point where uh, humans would be no longer needed, shall we say? And the conspiracy against the future is the conspiracy against the liberation of the human condition and the people because of relationships with the patent office, because of financing, uh, because of monopolies of technology. Uh, we've all now discovered that all the biggest tech companies in the world uh, are, are not working in our best interest whatsoever. At all. Not at all. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. They, they've weaponized technology against the people uh, completely. And it's been planned for a long, long time. So I uh, was aware of what Stanley Pons and Fleischman did at the very beginning in 89. And uh, I, was, I was the first really kind of non-scientist to engage dialogue with the public and other scientists and political figures and press about the sociological effects and the coming changes that would be potentially to liberate humans and liberate our condition out of the current status that we're in. Now, everybody on in your audience probably has seen the non-stop lecturing and harassment by the owners of the information systems that move and pa- and move and package information in various various forms, whether it's written, mm-hmm. spoken, or uh, viewed through the television or film. We are all being told that we're murdering and killing the planet, and we're all being shamed for that. We're mm-hmm. all being lectured about it. We're all mm-hmm. being torn, told to go into green technologies. Yeah. But what we're not being told is what's going on behind the national security curtain uh, of the United States of America and other countries who have lied, betrayed, deceived, controlled, murdered, killed, and weaponized technology against the public in an effort to control and maintain uh, a level of cognizant control over the herd. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up because this is obviously a subject and an issue I've been covering for a very long time. Um, In fact, so many technologies are being used against people today. And, um, you know, a lot of it is not covered by mainstream media, not even by old media. There's very few people in old media talking about some of these technologies, such as, you know, neurotechnologies, nanotechnology. Although nanotechnology has come to the surface right now with what's been found in the vaccines. People have discovered DARPA's stealth agenda through the vaccines, you know, the nanobotization of humanity through what's been found in the vaccines, the nanographene. But neurotech, nanotech, and directed energy weapons, which are counter-personnel, which have come into crowd control technologies, which are now in our law enforcement, our police stations, and in our Department of Justice. Um, this is being used on the populace. is very little known. But, you know, it's in their documents. There's a lot of documentation where they actually openly discuss it. Both DOJ documents, DOD documents, DARPA, and NATO documents. So if you dig, you can find the information. And now we've got more neuroscientists like James Giordano, Charles Morgan talking about this a bit more openly. So we know what their plans are, what their thinking is, what their lack of ethics here is. And I actually wanted to talk about ethics with you because, you know, you have been witnessing this for a very long time, it sounds like, across several decades. You've been witnessing um, how technology was building up and ramping up and how they were planning to use technology against humanity, which, you know, is something most people never knew until now, until this moment with the vaccines. 
and the vaccine agenda. So what did you see back in the 90s that gave you real pause and uh, for concern and, and made you think, oh my God, the this, there is a conspiracy, there is a conspiracy against humanity. I mean, what were you looking at? Were you looking at artificial intelligence? Were you looking at uh, the human augmentation projects? What were you looking at that uh, made you concerned? Well, I was one of the original MK Ultra whistleblowers, and I used to work with the late Walter Bort, who authored the 1978 uh, book called Operation Mind Control, which was the big exposure of child trafficking that proved that MK Ultra was not just some experiment on some random people, that it was operational and, and being used. So during that time, uh, I participated in the publishing of volume two of that uh, because, of, because of testimony that I gave to him uh, at that time. So in Operation Mind Control Volume 2, uh, there is uh, coverage on the subject matter of cold fusion because the reason was is the decision was made by myself, uh, Walter Bart, uh, Colonel Fletcher Prouty, um, Colonel Thomas Bearden, uh, John McGuffin, and a whole list of unnamed uh, psychiatrists and psychologists that the only way out, or one of the ways out, that would be most applicable and most practical to liberate the human condition would be to the, the deployment of cold fusion. And we knew that in the early 1990s because I'd already... Um, had been in touch with, uh, at that time, I was working with Omni Magazine uh, and had been in touch with uh, uh, Guccione, Bob Guccione, when he was running Omni Magazine. It was one of the very few publications in the world that was addressing advanced technologies and yeah. the, the applications of that. So um, all of us agreed because we knew in the early 1990s and before that, that they were going to harvest our children, they were going to depopulate, and they were going to use a, uh, they were planning a, a technocracy control over the masses and introduce a new, um, not only a new form of human, which would be partially cybernetic, but also um, new energy systems to run all the robots and to alter the landscape of warfare, for instance, and so forth. So. Uh, so we thought after lengthy discussions between my peers at that time, because I was very young, I was the youngest person on the board of advisors because they had, uh, we set up the Freedom of Thought Foundation, which was the first organized um, uh, unit that was uh, uh, discussing the future of cognitive liberty and the future of uh, being able to control and own our own autonomy physiologically, right? Mm -hmm. So there, there was... There was that issue, and then the other issue was energy, because energy ultimately is the only currency that matters, because if you don't have energy, you can't run all the server farms, you can't run crypto, you can't use electronic uh, instantaneous transactions from point A to point B, and uh, it, their plans wouldn't work, Then plans, in fact, uh, their plans won't work what they're lecturing the whole world about because the infrastructure to go completely electric via the automobile isn't available at all. Uh, not to the public. They're planning, I know, because I've been in the 
conversations about what the future of the automobile is and so forth. But the, the, the most important thing that um, uh, I would tell your audience to look into just as a, a primer to mm-hmm. learn about the subject matter is to go onto YouTube and or one of the other uh, social film engines and put in cold fusion 60 minutes. And after they watch that and they see what happened way back when and why all the energy companies were offended and freaked out by this discovery and why the nuclear industry lost hundreds of millions of dollars when the announcement was made by Pons and Fleischmann because you're taking hydrogen with a, um, a stimulus, putting it into water, and producing excess heat, which essentially means in very general, basic terms, you're getting more energy out than the energy you put in. It's referred to as overunity. Uh, and when you have overunity, that's not supposed to exist, right? It exists in the nuclear world. But this is a low-energy nuclear reaction, and it's done at room temperature with water. And when that occurred, and Pons and Fleischmann went public about that at the University of Utah, it completely changed behind the scenes uh, our plans for the future. So myself, my colleagues, and so forth, and I was the youngest at that time, uh, said that the, the promotion and education of this particular technology would be the one thing for sure that would be for the public that would unify everybody and equal the playing field because when i have this and you have this mm-hmm. you're the whole situation is different now there's not going to be haves and have-nots with this stuff it's going to allow countries to decentralize to get off the grid and it's going to alter sociological um, communications in terms of value systems you see your audience probably is more aware of the spiritual effects of what I'm talking about than the administrators and policymakers who have no business at all and are unqualified to be talking about this with the industry and deciders and financiers to put this out on the street. Like um, Sasha Stone, for instance, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because I was at a press conference in Europe with him uh, regarding this technology, and I was talking about the development of it going on behind the scenes and the absolute chaos and abuse that these people have had to suffer under as scientists and engineers by their own governments who will not help them. And I can tell you right now, there's people right now that will analyze this conversation they will, they will put commentary on it. They will do all those sorts of things because there's other groups now coming out saying that there's over-unity devices out there and they're going to be showing up all over the place secretly. And I've been in those conversations with big industry. I've been in okay. those conversations with city planners in other countries that are already preparing for the impact of cold fusion to show up in their countries. So they're actively planning. Want- can I just pause you one second over there? Because when you say over unity, I wanted to ask you, is this connected to zero point energy? Yeah, because it's a, that's a different form of it. It's a different okay. form of it. Over unity but, just means I put in five volts and 20 comes out. 
Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, it's not a, a it uh, alters um, some the of the balance. laws of physics. Yes, exactly. right. Laws of physics so, as so we know. Now, it's, remember, yeah, exactly. now remember, for your audience, in practical terms, it relates to them. Uh, when you have that phenomena with energy, we don't need a lot of people anymore to be running our lives. And now you've gone from a scarcity model of existence, which has been going on for the last 5,000 years. That's yeah. over. It's been over for a long time. A long time. At least since 89, because they knew. Because the Navy immediately jumped on all this because they got unlimited funding. And they repeated their experiments of Hans and Fleischmann and proved, yes, there is excess heat, there is overunity. And they basically said, whoever engineers this into existence, they can write their own ticket. So uh, that made news. Oh, yeah, there's people, there's a company right now in California that has that. And there's other people that have uh, access these over unity. The Japanese had it. The Americans are the leaders of it. The Americans are the leaders of it um, because of the ability to control mechanisms to but it distribute hasn't it. Come, it hasn't come down to the level of the city council. You said you talked to city council planners when I interrupted you. Sorry. What, um, what kind of conversations did you have with them? What kind of uh, planning conversations? That was with the Swiss government. So oh, I have not uh, American. Okay. No, Americans were too <laughs> dumb for that. We're way too dumb for that. Uh, they people don't even know what you're talking about when you're dealing with this. They, like the Europeans are way more open to this than our own country here in the United States. Well, I don't know if it's dumb or if it's political. What do you think? Do you think it's a political move to keep this from the people? Oh, it's totally political in the United States here because we are living in a false reality here. Where we're being lectured about building back better and going green, and they won't even fund these guys. This could have been out a long time ago. We could have been cleaning up the environment and completely changing culture. And I mean, when you have a scarcity based economy, that produces war. Right. And that and seems to be what they want. They want war and they want control. I mean, does this yeah, relate yeah. back to control? As it well? does relate. It does relate back to control because all wars are bankers' wars that are based on scarcity. And yeah. that's that's all a lie right now. That's a total, complete lie. Most economists have no idea what I'm talking about and aren't prepared to deal with uh, the potentiality of living in an abundant abundant state of consciousness. This is a crisis in consciousness that's happening at, at the government level, at the patent office, all over the place, because they want their monopolies. It's all about monopolies. It's all about monopolies because then it gives them the power, right? They hold the power and they hold the control. So do you think, uh, it sounds from what you're saying, that this is information, this is, these are discoveries that have been largely suppressed for decades. Although at this point in time, you're saying that there are some companies and some governments that are really looking into it and really planning. Well, they're already it. involved. You're already involved. Oh, yeah. Look, the, the LENR, the, mm-hmm. that cold fusion term, was put in the National Defense Authorization Act at the beginning of the Trump administration. And then it was removed. Then it was removed because it was a national security issue. It's a national security issue. Why? Not not for you. Not for you or the public out there. Uh, It's for them because they want their monopolies and control over all natural resources as well as uh, um, 
the control over uh, reproduction itself. To set yeah, it, a bunch of lunatics that are running everything. That's true. It's not the not the first time I've said it or anybody else has said it. People and know. not the first time they've done it, you know, because this is what's behind the grabbing of all the patents. So anytime any inventor shows up and has invented something marvelous for humanity, they quickly hone in on this person and, you know, grab the invention, right? Especially if scientists are involved in something to do with human health is involved, etc. Because they, yes. they, as you said earlier, they have weaponized everything. They've put everything behind the national security curtain. They've weaponized yes. everything. And currently yes. they're using these weapons against us, you know, en masse and individually around the world. It's yes. kind of horrifying. You know, I'm very interested just to take this conversation to a slightly different tack, just to backtrack a little bit. You had mentioned something called the Freedom of Thought Foundation that you and your peers had put together, you said, and you were working on issues of cognitive liberty, which you know are issues that are kind of surfacing currently. I don't know if you followed, uh, Columbia University has a neuro rights initiative and uh, various other people, but I think Columbia University has been leading the way, uh, internationally at least, uh, they've uh, convinced the Chilean government to adopt neuro rights for the people. This all seems very cutting edge and very sci-fi to many people, but you probably having been in touch with this as it was developing, saw where this was leading. So. Did you see, did you and your colleagues back then see that the intention was fully to take over people's brains and uh, to then after that try to sell this to people as some kind of beneficial kind of thing for people? The high ground is the brain. The, the, the high ground in 21st century warfare is the brain. And we knew in the 90s uh, that first they would do this in stages. Um, one would, one, the first stage was to mimic the central nervous system outside the body and then uh, go through the adjustments of the effect of uh, in communications. That was the first conditioning process. Um, the first initial sign of that if people can remember this far back, was the uh, attachment of the pager to the physical body. That was the training platform for the mobile phone. The mobile oh, phone wow. is the the mobile phone is the tr uh, the training wheels for telepathy. Because ultimately, what's happening is they are conditioning and preparing everybody for cybernetic structure. So that the, right. the information machines are inside the body and then the central nervous system is um, attached to the internet and information systems and control systems. Um, we knew that in the 90s and um, I started moaning and bitching about it as soon as I started seeing um, the social effects of pagers way back when. It was just a small box that had a number on it and somebody would call you. It would... Uh, send an electronic signal from a satellite or cell to, to the box and then the box would pulse the person and it would go off either vibrate or sounding and that that was a big uh change in human behavior um it was a massive change a change that altered the uh, social structure of how people were communicating and organizing uh, because it, what it did is it altered the central nervous system enough to put everybody in an anticipatory state. Mm -hmm. 
which is yeah. which is what which is what people are in now because some people are in this they're not even focused on this they're 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 typing they're waiting mm-hmm. for a text to come in and they're multitasking as yes. this thing is trying and that's yeah. been done on purpose uh, concentration and of attention from big corporations it's about five seconds they do commercials in five seconds and they do that because because they know people are swiping taking they're moving faster and there's not a lot of attention on anything there's only messaging with imagery and um, that's part of the uh, persuasion engineering and the deceit that's going on because yeah. remember Remember, this is this is all being financed by international banking cartels and the people that are behind uh, the technological takeover arm. All the biggest mm-hmm. companies, we've all heard of them. They're all in bed with this. They, I already know who's involved, and they mm-hmm. all uh, are fighting for dominance. Believe it or not, there's there's fighting in-house fighting with some of the biggest tech companies in the world. Because, well, you're going to make $50 billion, and, well, we're only making $25 billion. Well, then you're a scumbag, and I need to sue you. I mean, like crazy, insane, lunatic-level mm-hmm. uh, conversations with people that are – they've got more money than they ever could know what to do with. Mm-hmm. Most and of it's been hypothecated and stolen through the bank systems, and you're not allowed to be a billionaire if you're not playing the games for somebody. That's all right, that's uh, th- 25 minutes of the 52 minutes conversation. Uh, that's enough for now. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do the rest of it. I'll listen to the rest of it. And then I'll decide whether I want to put it out as a podcast or not. But it's James Martinez being interviewed on the Ramola D Reports channel on BitChute. If you want to go and take a look. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for me for the time being. Oh, hi, Chris. Now we've got people in here now. That's good. Uh, if anybody wants to jump on and have a chat, then uh, we can do that. That's certainly possible. I was going to wrap things up, but if you, if anybody's got time to come on and have a conversation, we can certainly do that. Just let me know in text if you want to come on. All right, what I might do is I'll, uh, it's it's a technology show, so I'm talking, uh, I was playing a, a piece by uh, James Martinez about uh, low nuclear, low energy nuclear reaction technology, about cold fusion technology, which I don't know anything about, I'm just, uh, I'm interested in those types of things, so I have been for a while, but I don't, I don't claim to know very much about them. It seems like we're we're quite close now. Uh, welcome, Black Dragon Radio. You're very welcome. If you want to jump on and have a chat, we can do that. 
Uh, I'm quite happy to keep keep the studio open for a little while. Yeah. All right, you listen. That's fine. I can just continue playing this James Martinez interview then if you want. Um, it goes on for about another 30 minutes or so. So that'll take us to an hour. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. I thought it was interesting. Uh, so it's worth worth playing the rest of it. I was going to split it into two halves, but it's just as easy to, to do it now. So here we go. This is uh, James Martinez. And it's on the Romola D Report channel on BitChute. They won't let you in it, exactly. And you know, the biggest loser in all of this is the average consumer, it's you and I. And it's all of the people who are being dictated to and just being given these consumer items and being led by the media. And this is the other thing, I want to talk about the media in just a minute, but I think you did a fabulous job just now, just showing us that sort of arc that progressed across time, whereby people have simply become habituated in a kind of phased way. To, to move from the buzzer, you know, vibrating in their pockets, the pager, to the cell phone, being used to that, and uh, responding to that, and now moving to synthetic telepathy, which, as you know, has been tested and is being tested, is being operated on large portions of the population who are literally being tortured with this horrific um, assault of voices in their heads, music in their heads, or messages playing, people are, are reporting, seeing images, holographic images on the back. We, we reported on all that. We printed it all up in the uh, um, Operation Mind Control, the follow-up to the original. Uh, it was an updated um, Is this edition. published? Uh, what is it called? Can we get it? Is yeah, it available? Yeah. No, it's, it's out there. It, it, I would tell people to go to uh, my Patreon account because I'm going to all the audio files are there, plus I do, I'm going to be okay. doing commentary, commentary on all of it and how it came together. Sure. Because the hidden history of the United States, people don't even know. They don't have any idea at all, really, what's no, happened. No, this would be so interesting to so many of us who are, you know, try, striving to find out more and to understand more. Because we need to understand more. We need to understand, I think, as a society, as a community, as a world, we need to understand how we could have possibly come to, to this place. And maybe this is a good point to dip into media because you are a, a bit of a media expert over here and you've been looking at how media has been handling this as well. Um, we are not being given the full picture at all. And so much, as you said, has been hidden from us over time. Little snippets have been dribbled out to us in terms of what kind of technology the military has been working on. And now we've come to a point where the media is sort of um, trying to get our consent for all of these, for, for, for censorship, for self-censorship, for one thing, and also get our consent for uh, putting on these devices, these, you know, a mask, put on a mask, and uh, so forth, engage in social distancing, do what the media says, in other words. So the media is, has become the other arm, the voice of the nanny state. And uh, so, you know, what is the effect on people when the media behaves like this? And also, when the media presents information, such as about nanotechnology, such as about neurotechnology, in a very sort of assenting kind of way, the media is presenting it as if this is the only way forward, that this is the way of progress, 
But in actuality, there appears to be a distinct agenda behind this particular use of technology. What do you think? That's a lot. That's a lot to cover. Sorry. You're, you're uh, on target, and um, people have to, I don't know where to start with that, other than that your, your audience has to unlearn what they've learned. And yeah. they, need, they need to approach the media um, or communication systems. I don't like to use the word media per se because uh, um, it's, it's too ambiguous. Uh, media can mean any technology from a fork to a book to a, but people associate that with uh, uh, news. Because originally news that was supposed to be relevant for the public, uh, it was a shipping term. The, the north, east, west, and south. You would look under while you're looking out at sea, and that would be the news. That mm -hmm. fulcrum point at that point. So, what's happened is the banking cartels have bought up all the news agencies, just about. Yeah. They're owned by six companies. It's all the same people, and they're designing through their perceptual lenses what the world is and it's not that at all yeah, yeah for instance for instance and this is a big pet peeve of mine is that uh anybody that has been subscribing to netflix and watching what type of um content they're producing it is horrible every future that it's made out mm -hmm. that shows humans in the future it's all dystopian and it's all being financed for a reason yeah. that way. Yeah. To make the idea of a dystopian future normal. You normalize it by doing Hollywood that. as well, right? Not just Netflix. I mean, the whole of Hollywood with all of the sci-fi movies. Yes, they're in on it. They're completely on it. But there's ways around it because you know, perception is all gamble. All perception is gamble. And if you're, your audience and you, you understand that, that gives us some behavioral flexibility to extend our perceptual lenses further so that when we're looking at news, we're examining which type of technology we're seeing that lens through. If we're reading a newspaper, that's a completely different effect than if we're reading the same story from a newspaper on a, a computer screen. Those are two separate effects and two different communications. And this were this is where um, um, the general public isn't exactly flow on all the principles of the first real media colleges that was famous, that's Marshall McLuhan. Um, and they don't understand the mechanics of communications in terms of uh, mediums of communication, like uh, watching television, reading a book, listening to a radio, uh, talking to somebody face to face. Those are all different communication systems, yeah. and it's the, the medium. It's the, the medium is the message, not the message. Which what uh -huh. I'm saying is that the message is subordinate to the communication system in which the transmission comes through. So they know all this. The power uh -huh. of the be because yeah. they've had the ability and have been studying people and group dynamics for longer than you and I have been alive, and uh -huh. they use technology and information systems to control the reality tunnels that people walk around in of what exists and what doesn't exist. Like, for instance, if I want to go uh, learn about India as a country, mm -hmm. 
I'm not going to, like, uh, hang my hat up on what National Geographic tells me in a documentary about India, ever. And I don't do that with any of the media, newspaper, television, film, anything. That is not a deciding factor of what is. Mm-hmm. It is a deciding factor of a perceptual lens that they use to program you and suggest to you what that reality is. You right. understand what I mean? Right, very much. There's an editorial slant on what they produce, and there's a programming slant as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So when the news is coming out and saying, this is going to happen over here, and this is happening, and we've got variant this and variant that, yeah. and they're coming out with these new names and tubes, they're controlling the language, they're labeling and controlling all the language which is a neurolinguistic technique. And it's a great way of controlling society because if you name it and label it, you control it. Right? Absolutely. So, a favorite got, technique of this, labeling yeah, things. <laughs> one of the largest deception practices that's yeah. going on right now is that you've got a good portion of the population still calling this a vaccine. It's oh, not yes. a vaccine. Exactly. It's, it's not it's, a vaccine. It's a kill it's shot. A modification and a kill shot. Yeah. It's a kill shot. And, and people say, well, you can't really say that. Nobody's really died. Blah, 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 blah. No, people have died. Now we know. So if it kills one person, it gets called. I can call it a kill shot. It's not a vaccination. It never was. But yet you see that being looped. Yeah. In all the transcripts all and over the world. And people believe it. And, you know, this is the sad thing about that particular term, vaccine, and the whole mess of vaccinology from whenever it started. People have bought in that uh, storyline that, you know, vaccines are good for you. And they will fight to the death to try to prove it. And this is why you've got all the hatred of the unvaccinated going on now in the public sphere as well. Yeah, that's a tactic to um, divide everybody against each other because uh, the people that are organizing this behind the scenes, they don't have the balls or guts to show their face or talk to anybody. They send out their uh, pathetic henchmen. Uh, yeah. male and female, out into the public to do their dirty work for them. Yeah, they're front men and front women, they're little minions, absolutely. It's horrifying. You know, it's so uh, great that you are sort of tearing the veil asunder over here and simply addressing the facts and being very candid. I, I can just imagine people watching this podcast and going, this is great. Thank you for being candid. Thank you for being frank. Because it sounds like you've moved in certain circles and you've met some of these people who are engaging in these horrific actions against humanity. Oh, yeah. I've not only exposed it, uh, I, I've seen the effects of it. Uh, you know, there is a whole section of our human population that doesn't realize they're using almost reverse psychology against the public because it's all about the virus and nothing about our treasured assets, which isn't gold, it isn't money, it's our children. And you've got a whole generation of children that have been psychologically abused by the establishment, sanctioned in front of everybody. The effects of that are absolutely devastating. Devastating. You're using uh, sensory deprivation tools while the brain and these children, they're still, their brains are in development. Exactly. We've already, we've already destroyed them because we've electrocuted most of them by the application of iPads and iPhones to the central nervous system. So they're already fried to begin with, right? Yeah. So you've had, you have oh. the effects of that. Awful, yeah. And then, you, then you're going to have the effects of uh, the masking that are going to come out. These people are going to have communication problems. 
uh, that's going to twist and turn into forms of abuse, which has been, they used to do this at uh, torture camps and uh, military camps because uh-huh. you've got to, you've got to uh, uh, isolate and destroy the identity and, uh, by covering up the face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can, you're not expressing yourself. And to do that to a child that's going to school and then line them up like they're cattle to go into a room and then segregate them and put them in boxes. This is the worst form of child abuse out in the open I've ever seen in my life. It is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. And in fact, yes. all the public should be going after the throats of the people that are legislating this and allowing this. Yes. And yes. That, that's, not really, that, that's not really happening yet because there's too much misdirection about the new variant that they're going to label where they're going to run around and scare the hell everybody all the time. Yeah, that's what, the media game as well. Okay. All right. Keep in mind, this is uh, this content is from uh, the end of January when there was still a lot of there was still a lot of masking and uh, all of the, the vaccine pushing that was going on in January still hadn't quite broken. So, yeah, I mean, he's right. He's absolutely right. It is child abuse. It's people abuse generally, and we shouldn't put up with it. Uh, I think I'm probably I'm probably done because I, I tend to do about half an hour or forty minutes, and I'm over that now. So, and it's a third short a day. So, <laughs> I keep finding content I want to share, and I keep jumping on. So, keep an eye out because there might be another show before the end of the day, uh, be before the end of my day. It's just coming up to ten o'clock. I might jump on again at midnight or whatever. And do another half an hour. So keep an eye on, out on things. Uh, there's always the option of, of having a conversation if anybody wants to. Uh, but I generally jump on when I've got a clip to share. Or a theme comes up for me or whatever. It, it just tends to be themed content. Or occasionally new, news content from the UK or, or Europe or wherever. No worries at all, Black Dragon Radio. And Chris, thanks for coming in. Uh, I appreciate your support, both of you. Uh, it's it's kind of it's tricky to to build up an audience on Podbean. I found because I jump around. I don't do the same same type of show or do the same time. So it's uh, it it kind of trips people up because they don't quite get here or whatever. But uh, the principles there it goes out as the podcast anyway so if you want to if you want to hear my content or the type of content that i'm putting out then you just just subscribe to the the podcast i do occasionally do things that i don't put out on podbean uh, i've got other content going out on other platforms because i thought i needed i need a backup platform so there's a couple of other places that i do content as well but uh Thanks for coming in. I appreciate your support, both of you. Very much appreciate it. And I'm going to close this down for the time being. I might be back later on, though. You never know. Cheers, guys.